All right, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of No Pump Fakes. We here, we here. All right, we got a guest on today. We got Darnell Mayberry, Chicago Bulls senior writer for The Athletic. What's going on, man? What's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So obviously, needless to say, this is going to be um, a Chicago Bulls-themed episode. Um, obviously, you know, you guys have been playing you know, pretty well and things like that. So I personally, Amal, you know, want to start off the show talking about Lonzo. Um, and just overall kind of, you know, Darnell, what do you think that signing during the offseason of Lonzo um, to the Bulls has kind of done for that organization and that team? It's made all the difference. I mean, if you look at the Bulls the last few years, post Derrick Rose, their their problem was point guard. They, they've struggled to find consistent point guard play. And Lonzo Ball has come in and, and really changed the mindset of this team, uh, especially defensively on the perimeter and, and what he can do on that end of the floor. So uh, he's just made a big difference in terms of his defensive ability, his versatility, uh, his outlet passing. He had a pass uh, Monday against the Rockets, full length out of bounds or inbounds pass to DeMar DeRozan for a dunk. I mean, just over the top of the defense, things like that, that his I- IQ really just show up in different ways uh, and there's really been a difference maker for this Bulls team this season. What do you think Lonzo Ball's ultimate ceiling is? I mean, we didn't think that he was going to be able to improve his three-point shot the way that he has. And if you look at what he's shooting now, uh, you know, around 40%, 42% from, from three uh, at this stage in his career, his development has really been impressive uh, in terms of how he's gone from just kind of a flashy player to a really complete player on both ends and improving his three-point shot. He didn't want to be a 3 and D guy in New Orleans, but that's kind of what he's been uh, for the Bulls with DeRozan and, and Levine next to him, uh, and also an orchestrator at times, especially in transition. But if he can continue to improve inside the three-point arc, I mean, we've seen his development outside the three now, uh, and that's been really impressive. You got to give him a lot of credit for the work that he's put in. But he's also got to be able to now translate that into inside the three-point arc where he can finish at the rim, uh, maybe get to his spots in the mid-range and pull up and, and, and get some efficiency and some consistency going there. Once he does that, I mean, he's going to be able to score at all three levels, and he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. So, uh, you know, people are already clamoring and saying he's an all-star caliber player. Uh, so. You know, he could be an all NBA guy if he continues to take that next step offensively and, and work on some of those little things that I've talked about. Yeah. So obviously, you know, with the Bulls, you guys have two, you know, fantastic scoring wings as well as a low post threat and Vucevic, right? Three guys who I feel like, you know, can pretty much give you 20 on any, in any given night. Um, but to have a guy like Lonzo who can facilitate and put the ball where it needs to be put, what does that also mean for the for, for the team to know that? They have a guy who's willing and unselfish enough to do that for those other guys. Yeah, they've had guys who are, who have been willing. They just haven't been all that capable. Um, you know, Kobe White was the seventh overall pick three years ago, kind of more of a scorer than a facilitator. He was trying. He was willing. Uh, but he's just not instinctive like Lonzo Ball is. Uh, Thomas Sadoransky, they tried out the last couple years and, again, uh, just not as capable uh, as Lonzo Ball, as consistently as Lonzo Ball has been. So it's been a struggle for the Bulls. And, and now that they've had 
some consistency, not just with Lonzo, but but Alex Caruso can come in and, and also give you some really good minutes, some heady minutes with a high IQ. So um, you saw guys like Larry Markkinen in the past struggle because they haven't had consistent point guard play, a guy who can set up the offense, get them the ball in the right spots and, and get them high quality shots. But Lonzo Ball's doing that. And also give credit to Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. Those guys are willing play, playmakers and passers as well. Yeah, now you talked about Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. There's a lot of people that felt coming into this year that they weren't going to really work. Talk about that pairing and how they've been successful so far this year. I mean, it's almost like when one has it going, the other one just kind of takes a step back and, and lets him do his thing. And, and Zach Levine has even said when DeMar has it going, he feels like he's just a kind of a bailout option, kind of like I'm here if you need me type of guy. And, and that's a heck of an option to have when you got another 26, 25, 26 point per game score just standing over there, uh, turning into a catch and shoot option. I mean, Levine is one of the best catch and shoot players in the league, one of the best shooters just period, uh, whether it's off the dribble or off the catch. Um, so, so he's a tremendous threat next to DeMar, who's been a great fourth quarter scorer, the league leading fourth quarter scorer, I think at 8.2 points per game, something like that. So um, they've been really deadly as a tandem, but the, the thing that's stopping the Bulls right now, sort of like a lot of these teams, is the health and safety protocols. Um, DeRozan has had to miss some time. Levine is now missing time while being in it. So, uh, and, and all that being said, the Bulls are still 19 and 10. So that shows you how consistent they've been uh, while trying to figure all, all of this out. Yeah, and you mentioned their record. And I mean, as we all know, this is a league where you're pretty much judged based off what you do in the playoffs. So even with the success that they have right now during the regular season, how do you think this can kind of carry over um, later on in the postseason? I mean, that's a great question because you have so many guys on this team uh, who either haven't been there or uh, haven't really made a whole lot of noise. Zach Levine hasn't been there. Um, uh, Nikola Vucevic has lost in the first round a few times. DeRozan, we all know about his, his uh, past shortcomings coming up against LeBron, which is understandable, obvious, obviously. But, um, you know, these guys, Alex Caruso is the only one who's been deep in the playoffs, really, and, and won that championship with the Lakers. So so these guys all have something to prove. Uh, and even Billy Donovan, he had four straight first round X's in Oklahoma City. So when they get to the postseason, the pressure is going to be on these guys to really show what they can do in the playoffs and how far they can go. Can they turn it around and some of the some of the heartbreak that they've had in their career so far? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's going to be a lot of pressure because I, I really feel like even though they're having a lot of success right now in the regular season, I still feel like this is a make or break year for the Chicago Bulls with Zach Levine because he's going to be the top free agent in 2020 in the offseason. So just talk about that because if, if they go into the playoffs and they lose in the first round, how comfortable would Zach really be saying, like, I'm going to go and sign a long-term contract with the Chicago Bulls or I can possibly, you know, weigh my options? Yeah, I, I made this mistake five years ago when I was in OKC, when I thought Kevin Durant, where was he going to go? Like he had the best chance of winning. He had, the, you know, a Thunder team that, that he was building with. I sort of look at Zach Levine the same way now because the, the, the front office has done a great job of going out and getting him some, some capable talent to surround him with. Vucevic, DeRozan, Ball, Caruso, Patrick Williams, who, you know, is, is, is lost for, for most, if not all of the season with a wrist 
injury that requires surgery. So he's got pieces around him, and he's still the man. DeMar DeRozan didn't come in here saying, it's my team now, I'm going to take over. Zach Levine can still get a max contract from the Bulls. He can still um, uh, be the leader of the face of the franchise and 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 win games um, more than he ever has in his career. So when I look at that, I think, where would he go? Um, who could afford him, give him what he wants, uh, in addition to what the Bulls could already give him? So um, but but I'm not going to be naive again and say <laughs> that there's nowhere, no way that he can get away because I've seen that on a much larger scale just five years ago. But but I do think that and I know that Zach has said all the right things. He wants yeah. to be a Chicago Bull. Uh, he's like you guys mentioned, he's got a great working relationship so far with DeMar DeRozan. Uh, and he seems to enjoy playing for Billy Donovan and this front office, this management group. So I think I think he's going to stay. But you're right. There's going to be a lot of attention on him this summer. The right, reason, right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, the reason why I just brought that up, because I look at for years, like I've always been a Zach Levine fan. I knew how talented he was. But for years, people would be like, he puts up empty stats. He's not that good. He's this. He's that. But I'll always point out to like the team situation aspect. It wasn't until really this year that the Bulls really kind of like bought all the way in on Zach Levine. It took them years to do this. So that's my thing with Zach. Like, does Zach remember this? Like, does he remember people talking about like, oh, he just puts up empty stats and he can't do this and that. And a lot of that has something to do with, you know, the Bulls not putting him in the right team situation. So I think this season, especially in the playoffs, is really, really important for the Chicago Bulls. And for Zach Levine, you're right. I mean, he, he's got to go out. He's never been to the playoffs. So yeah. it's, it's one thing to carry yourself that way. And I, that's one thing I do love about Levine is that he, he sees himself in that light. He does carry himself like a a superstar in this league. And even when he wasn't winning at the rate that they're winning now, um, you know, he always kind of ignored the noise, the outside noise and said, he doesn't play for, for accolades and, and for, for praise from the outside. He knows what he's capable of and his job is to be the best player that he possibly can be. And I've loved that attitude from him mm -hmm. since he got to Chicago. Yeah. And, and could you talk about, you know, his overall development, when you mentioned, you know, kind of how since he arrived in Chicago, I mean, Ahmad, you mentioned the empty stats, but how has he grown as, as, as a player? Yeah, we're seeing it uh, defensively. Uh, he's turning into more of a two-way player uh, where he's always been a solid defender on the ball. It's off the ball where he has lapses. You see him uh, sort of lose his man, uh, kind of ball watch, those types of things. Uh, just basic fundamental principles that that get away from him for whatever reason over the course of games. He's starting to cut that down a lot more. Uh, he even started last season before the Olympic experience. A lot of people credit him uh, for the Olympic experience in terms of kind of turning the, the corner defensively. But I saw it a lot of times last year where he bought in defensively. And then offensively, you're starting to see him make more plays. Uh, he did that at the start of his career where the Timberwolves had him running point guard a lot, but, uh, but now you're kind of seeing him come full circle where he can make the right read and the, and the right play, the right pass uh, more consistently. He's not like great or elite at it, but, but he can be a, a valuable option and, and, and really a true threat as a facilitator as well. So those two things I would say uh, are his biggest areas of development so far. Since we're talking about the playoffs going forward, who do you think, has to be the Bulls' X factor. Come playoff time. 
I mean, I think it's going to be the same guys who who we're seeing now. Probably Alex Caruso, um, mm-hmm. a lot. Probably Alonzo Ball, um, because you know what you're going to get from Demar Derozan. You know what you're going to get from Zach Levine. Uh, Vucevic has been hit or miss so far at the start of this season, uh, but there's a lot of confidence that he's going to turn it around and and continue to be the all-star caliber player that he's been. Uh, but I look at Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso as, as those guys. And then there's so many just gritty glue guys on this Bulls team. Derrick Jones Jr., Javante Green, Ayo DeSumo. I mean, they've got a lot of defensive-minded players who go out there and make hustle plays. They don't care about their stats. They just want to go out there and, and do whatever it takes to help the team win. And if they get Patrick Williams back in time for the playoffs, um, you know, he's obviously going to be rusty. And, and have to regain his rhythm. But I think he's going to be a really uh, key piece of this team going forward because of his versatility defensively. Yeah, he's solid. He's very, he's very solid defensively. Um, I'm surprised you didn't mention Kobe White because I look at Kobe White, very talented, a guy that can do a lot of create off the dribble, score at will. I think he can be a key X factor coming off the bench, especially when you look at the playoffs because the roster gets shortened. You're only going to play probably like seven, eight guys. I look at the Bulls like bench. Yeah, they got some hustle guys, some glue guys, but they really lack that one guy other than Kobe White that can really put the ball in the basket coming off at the second unit. So I think he can be a, a good X factor probably going forward. No doubt. He's got he's to find some consistency. Uh, he's been kind of up and down. He's had a rough career. Um, first year kind of finding his way like all rookies. Second year he was thrust into the starting point guard role, but then, uh, you know, that kind of shifted back to Sadoransky, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, and then now they bring in Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, uh, and he's got to share the wealth. I mean, he doesn't just get to go out there and, and, and hunt for his shot like he was able to do uh, in his first two seasons. And so the, the roles have changed, and now he's coming off the bench. He's trying to figure out how to play with these other guys, these new additions. Uh, and the ball's not in his hands like it was last year. He's kind of more of a off-the-ball player, catch and shoot. But I do agree with you, especially in the postseason, you're going to need someone to come off the bench and, and get some buckets. And, and Kobe White can do that. We've seen him uh, get hot from three in several games throughout his career. Even this season when he hasn't been uh, really up to form so far, he can come off the bench and get hot. And I think in the playoffs, you're really going to need a guy like that who can who can provide some scoring off the bench. And even in talking about the playoffs, right, I feel like a lot of people, when we talk about the Eastern Conference, they mainly just talk about Brooklyn and Milwaukee, right? You got two of the better guys in that conference in KD and Giannis. What do you think the Bulls would have to do to kind of insert themselves into that conversation? Hmm. I think if they continue to play defense the way that they're playing, they'll be in good shape. Um, you know, they, they, they beat Brooklyn. Um, twice this year, once there, once in, here in Chicago, obviously their, their team, every team is, is missing players on any given night, but they still had James Harden and Kevin Durant on that squad both times. And so uh, when you've got two players in DeRozan and Levine who can match up with anyone in the league, I mean, that gives you a chance right there. So um, they're, they're no longer walking into the matchups against some of the, the, t- the best of the best in the league and automatically being at a disadvantage because they don't have the best player or the best two players. Um, and, and on most nights, they they are now starting to compete with some of those teams in terms of having the best players on the floor 
because of the abilities of, of DeRozan, Levine, Vucevic, Ball. Uh, and it's just a, a more talented roster. But they got to continue their defense. And then offensively, they've been rickety. They've got to f- figure out a way to get some consistency and some rhythm offensively to where everyone knows their role uh, and everyone's playing it to a T. If they can do that, then they can. Because these other teams that you mentioned, they've been together. Um, you know, Brooklyn has has had some some hiccups and, you know, Kyrie Irving situation, obviously. But, but they had some games last season to play together. Um, Milwaukee, obviously, being the defending champs, they're, they're back together. The Bulls don't have that continuity. Um, they're trying to figure it out on the fly, and they, they've done a great job of doing that so far, but, you know, they're going to have to figure it out even more to be able to compete with those level of teams. Yeah, I think, I think depending on the playoff matchup, it's going to determine what happens with the Chicago Bulls. I think they should want to play a team that's like, offensive driven like the Nets like the Atlanta Hawks teams like that I, my biggest fear with the Chicago Bulls is like you said their offense as good as Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan is it can get very stagnant at times especially if you're doing you go I go DeMar you hot all right go ahead Zach Levine you hot go ahead and that can get very dicey in the playoffs and we saw that happen with the Los Angeles Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George like that was their issue so defensively if they're playing a team in the playoffs like let's say the Milwaukee Bucks the Miami Heat. That's my biggest concern with the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, and I'm, I'll take it a step further with you with the offensive stagnation that you mentioned. Going back to Billy Donovan, you mentioned Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard. We saw that with Paul George and Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook. under yep. Billy Donovan and OKC. So, again, mm-hmm. when the postseason starts, are they going to have a system in place that they can depend on? Uh, and is Billy Donovan specifically going to be able to put them in a position uh, offensively to where they're not just relying on your turn, my turn, and, and isolation offense and go dump it to DeMar, dump it to Levine uh, to get a bucket. Like, they need some some coherent offense that they can depend on uh, when those defensive teams, like you mentioned, get after them uh, in the playoffs. And it should be easy because they, they have the pieces. They have Lonzo Ball who can create for others, can play the one, true point guard at times, even though he's playing like a 3 and D kind of, New Orleans and then even with the Bulls he's still kind of playing that 3 and D kind of role and also they got Nikola Vucevic a guy that can work inside outside so it shouldn't be I don't know what I'm saying it shouldn't be that hard to figure out but it's just kind of like sometimes when you have all these pieces it's just like we got to find the right offense to fit everybody so it's going to be interesting and what they really want to do um, is hang their hat on defense so that it leads to offense that's obviously going to get tougher in the playoffs mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's made them a, a pretty successful regular season team so far. Can they carry that over into the postseason to where their consistent defense is going to be their best offense at times because they're going to be able to get out and run in transition? Um, I do think that that'll be sustainable to a degree because of the pit bulls they got in Ball and, and Caruso and some of the other defensive guys I mentioned who just all night long come after you. Uh, they get deflections, they get steals, they get run out opportunities, uh, you know, but but the game slows down, as we know, in the pl- playoffs. And so teams are going to be much more precise and, 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 and efficient with what they're doing. Uh, and if the Bulls can do that, they're going to be in better shape. But then crunch time is going to be a whole different beast. So they're going to have to find ways to uh, score efficiently when the game's on the line. Yeah. And if you had to pick one thing, right, that you might feel that the Bulls have over their competitors in the East, what would it be? 
right? Because obviously Brooklyn has firepower. You know, Milwaukee has the chemistry coming off of just winning a championship. But what would Chicago's one thing be that you feel like they can definitely lean on or that they definitely have the edge in? They, I wouldn't give them the edge in too much of anything, but I do think that overall they are a complete um, – they are probably a more complete team than, than a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference um, because there's not much that they can't do. They have some three-point shooters. They need more. Um, they, they have the talent that we talked about. Um, they have a, a, great, a really good coach in Billy Donovan, so they've got the coaching. Um, they can play defense. They can play in transition. Uh, they can play in the half court. So they can do a little bit of everything. It's just a matter of what are they going to be able to do at an elite level that you know you can't take away from them. And I think for now, that's DeRozan and Levine. Yeah. Um, and, and then also Ball and Caruso's defense. You know that you're going to get offensive shot making from DeRozan and Levine and defensive um, energy, effort, um, all night, all game from Ball and Caruso. Outside of that, this team can be hit or miss. So they yeah, need I, to find I, some consistency. I also think that, like, they are, they have a close to a complete team that we probably see in the Eastern Conference. I think they can get a little bit more completer. And by doing it, they like a, a like Miles Turner. I look at Miles, a guy that can rim protect and space the floor at times. If they can go out and acquire him, maybe package Kobe White, who knows, whatever. I don't know, trade package or something. But a guy like him, and it's like you put him at the four, you got Vucevic at the five, you know, you got DeMar at the three, Zach at the two, Lonzo at the one. Now you got guys that, you know, if they beat Lonzo ball off the dribble, you got a guy that protect him. Because I look at Nikola Vucevic, it's just like, he's lacking at that. He's not going to really, like, block shots and pr- protect the rim at a high level. If you get a guy like that, then it really gets scary for other teams in the Eastern Conference. Because now, they got offense, they got rim protection, they got perimeter defense. It's just like, hey. Yeah, and that's one he, of the things that is, is a big issue for this team, is their size, their lack of size. Mm-hmm. Uh, losing Patrick Williams hurt, uh, even though he's not a you know overly uh, big power forward is what they're playing them at. Um, <clears throat> they don't have a lot of size. They got Vucevic and Tony Bradley, and that's okay. really it. So uh, I do agree that they need more rebounding, more interior defense to protect the rim. Uh, but it's got to be the right size. And, and Miles Turner is a guy who could come in and, and shoot the three ball and also play inside as well. But, you know, you want to be able to get a guy who can defend on cross matches and, and pick and roll situations. You don't want another big who's going to be exposed uh, on the perimeter with the way the game is played today. And then also, what is the what would the Bulls have to give up to make a deal like that? I'm, I'm not sure if it would be worth it to the Bulls to give up key pieces um, for a name like that, not necessarily Miles Turner, but I think they probably have to give up a lot uh, of their core or future assets uh, to go out and get a, a player like that. So that would concern me. But yeah, they definitely need more size. But that's when you have to ask yourself, what are we doing as an organization? Are we just content of trying to be a playoff team? Or are we trying to win a championship? That's, that's just, me and Thea's always talk about that situation. Like, yo, what are we doing as a team? Are we just like, oh, we got DeMar. We got, you know, we're trying to keep Zach Levine. But like, okay, we're just trying to be a playoff team. Or are you really trying to go out and win a championship? 
Well, I mean, I mean, you could probably make the case now that they, in some ways, are a championship team. I'm not saying that they're my, my, my favorite, but I mean, if you start the season off 19 and 10, especially in a COVID year where, you know, like some of your top guys have missed time and you're still, you know, at that 19 and 10 level, one of the best teams in a conference. I mean, maybe they feel as well they should that yeah. they can win now. Maybe they feel they don't necessarily need to upgrade. Obviously, you never remain stagnant, of course, right? You get better as, as much as you can, but it's not like they should be in complete desperation mode where they need that one. Because again, they did just have one of the best off seasons in the entire league. They did. So it's like, you know, if they get Miles or whoever, cool, but I don't think they should feel like, all right, we got to get somebody. We got to make a change. Something has to give. Like, they're only, in a pretty good spot. Only pushback, I would say, with that is just kind of like they can feel like they're a championship caliber team, which, like you said, they have every right to feel that way. But I can look at the Eastern Conference and I can pick probably three teams, three, four teams that, even though they have their record right now in the regular season, that I feel that probably can beat the Chicago Bulls easily. So that's my problem. That's what I'm saying. They probably need a guy that can rim protect interior defense to really make you feel like, okay, this is a really a championship caliber team and not like a borderline, like, oh, we're just really trying to get to the playoffs. Maybe we get to the Eastern Conference House. Who knows? But it's just kind of like that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, and we've seen this this front office be aggressive, and that's the big yeah. thing. I mean, it, it wouldn't come as a surprise if they did pull the trigger on something like that. Look at what they did to get Vucevic, giving up a young piece in Wendell Carter Jr., two future first-round draft picks, going after DeRozan, giving up a, a really solid piece in Thaddeus Young that was a pivotal piece last year and was in six-man-of-the-year conversations, um, and they gave him up with, along with some more draft picks. So including another first. So they, they've been really aggressive in terms of remolding, rebuilding this roster. And so you can't be surprised if they do make a move like that. I always am leery about, you know, selling the farm for a win now um, transactions, win now moves. But, you know, if you feel like you got a window, I, I do see, I do see value yeah. in taking that shot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was about to say, cause you mentioned too about previous moves in OKC. Sometimes the window may not be, you know, as large as you might think at the time. So you got to take advantage of it. And recently we've kind of seen it work out for some teams, right? The Lakers getting AD, you know, Milwaukee, even with that deal for Drew Holiday, they had to yep. give up some things. And in both situations at the time, you're like, man, do we, should we give up all of this for one guy? And sure enough, it ended up, it resulted in, you know, two championships. So right. you really never know, but. Even you know. short of a championship, look at Atlanta getting to the Eastern Conference Finals last year after the moves they made. Look at yep. uh, the Suns getting to the Finals with Chris Paul making making that big move. Yeah. So you just never know. The league seems to be wide open this year. I would say Milwaukee and Brooklyn are, are to the, to the two teams to beat in the East. But in the West, I mean, you know, you got Golden State, you got Phoenix, and then you got a bunch of other teams. Maybe Utah, uh, if Denver gets healthy, perhaps. But, yeah. you know, it's kind of wide open right now, and the Bulls do have an opportunity. The holiday season is upon us, and my bookie is in a giving spirit with 12 straight days of giveaways. Every day, there's a new exclusive promotion for you to redeem. And the best part is, check this out, it's all free when you sign up and make your first deposit with MyBookie. Now, starting on Tuesday, December 21st, and ending on Saturday, January 1st, you can bring in the new year right with giveaways that can help you fill your stocking with cash this season. Now, from odds boosts to casino chips to straight up locks, all right, 
My bookie's 12 days of giveaways is a can't miss promotion. And that's not all. All right. To get you started, my bookie is matching all first time deposits up to $1,000 with our promo code, no pump fakes. That's double your funds to double your winnings and get in on all the best action at my bookie. Now, don't miss out. All right. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using promo code, no pump fakes. Head to MyBookie, place your bets, and get in on the best, best 12 days of the year today. All right, now bet anything, bet anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Yeah, they do have opportunity. And also, I said, I'm going to say it once again, I still feel like you just don't forget everything that you've been through in your career since you got to an organization with, your, with the Chicago Bulls. I really feel this is the first year Chicago has actually really believed in Zach Levine to put a real team around him and kind of made some moves and pieces and stuff like that. But it's just kind of like, it could be too late. This is a very, very important year. If you know this is a very important year because Zach Levine is an unrestricted free agent. It's not like he's restricted. He's an unrestricted free agent. That means like, Maybe he may sign with the Chicago Bulls or maybe he feels like, you know what? I want a new start. I want to go play with possibly uh, Luka Doncic with Dallas Mavericks has $35 million in cap space. Maybe I want to go play with a John Morant who has the Memphis Grizzlies who has $25 million in cap space. Like you, you never know because DeMar Rosen is 33 years old. Like DeMar's playing phenomenal this year, but is he going to be playing this way if, he, if Zach Levine signs a max contract five-year extension in three four years like at this level DeMar DeRozan probably not so those are things that Zach is going to have to think about the the, the one thing um, to your point about playing for this franchise and not forgetting and he has been through a whole lot uh, yeah a lot of that came under different leadership uh, Gar Foreman the general manager John Paxson the vice president of basketball operations those guys aren't here. I mean, Pax is still here as sort of an advisor, but yeah. Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley have taken over. Uh, Zach Levine came in. He played for Fred Hoiberg and then Jim Boylan. Now he's with Billy Donovan. So the leadership has changed. Um, ownership, obviously, is still the same. But I wonder, you know, and it's a good question that you raise. I wonder if Zach distinguishes between what happened before and that leadership being a thing of the past and what they've done now under new leadership. I mean, I do, I, we see it as a difference on the outside, but to your point, Zach Levine, the player who has to live it and go through it. Yeah. It's a, it was, it's a big question on how he might see it. Yeah. It was hell. It was hell I for mean, years. It was, it was definitely hell, but I think you should just address it on what it's like now. Like if they were still doing bad, all right, cool. It's time, it's time to get out, but he's in a, he's in a winning situation now. And to your point, Right. And even, you know, not to bring up the OKC thing, but it's like if you start to win games and you still leave, well, at what point do we ask the question, well, what is it that you really wanted? Right. Because if, if the organization has given you the pieces, I mean, you're sooner. in you know, he a, wanted, a, a he pretty wanted, nice market in Chicago. He, wa he wanted okay, cool. You sooner. wanted to shoot sooner. Hell, every NBA player would want it sooner. It's not that easy. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that we shouldn't put pressure on GMs in the front office, but I mean, it's not every season where you can go out and get Alonzo or DeMar DeRozan and previously get a Vucevic and an Asani of Alex Caruso. Like, those things don't just happen overnight. Now, like I said, I definitely think pressure should be applied to front offices, but, it like, 
if that was the case, every GM would I mean, do that in a heartbeat. But it's not the easiest thing to do. Once everybody knew, once Zach Levine got traded from the Minnesota Timberwolves, like you really watch basketball, everybody knew how talented Zach Levine was. But the organization was just still like, okay, we don't know if we're going to really build around Zach Levine. It took them to this year. That's a long damn time. That's well, what also too, like, it ain't Devin like Booker, Zach Levine Devin been Booker there for well. ten years though. It ain't like I found him too. It ain't like those guys been there for ten years, right? We done seen some some players, current and previous, be stuck in situations where the GMs haven't done anything for a decade. And so again, I get it. At some point, you're like, all right, hurry up this process. I don't want to waste my prime. But Zach Levine isn't like yeah, he's 26. an OG veteran who's like been in the league for 15 years with the same team and is you know extremely loyal. Like I mean, it it, it takes some time. But now again, I, I think the question that should be raised is. If you leave, what was it exactly that you wanted? And if you do leave the team that you're heading to, what can they offer you that's better than the current one you're in now? I know you mentioned, you know, Memphis and, and, and Luka and, and things yeah, like that. But sure did. Or New York, New, mean, York, New York Knicks. We're going to have $52 million uh, in cap space. I'm just throwing, I'm just throwing, uh, I'm just throwing mar- markability. Markability. Uh, like it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole lot of things that matters to I want, I want that brother to thrive. I want that brother to thrive. It's a whole lot. It's so, other things that matter to players than just winning basketball games, marketability and stuff like that. Zach, Zach's been robbed a couple years of the All-Star game. And it's not because of his game and his talent. It's because of the Bulls' lack of winning in their, their team situation. So it's just kind of like, that's, you know, I'm just saying, those, those are things you look at. And like I said, DeMar DeRose is 33. I love DeMar. He's one of my favorite players. Probably the most underrated star his entire career since he's been in, in the league. Like, people forget how cold he was with the Toronto Raptors. But if you got an opportunity, especially if the Bulls go out and they lose in the first round, and then you got an opportunity, let's say, to pair up with Luka Doncic with the Dallas Mavericks, he would be that missing piece. DeMar, Christos Rosigas, Luka Doncic, he would be that missing piece for the Dallas Mavericks. Or you got an opportunity to pair up with John Morant with a defensive-minded Grizzlies team, guys that grit and grind. It's just like you can't tell me that those two spots right there aren't going to be like – teams you don't look at or at least consider if they show interest especially if the Bulls don't do anything in the playoffs that's all I'm saying how about, right. how about let me flip it on you how about Zach getting to the point where he's recruiting guys to Chicago yeah he can recruit Lonzo Ball Lonzo Ball actually kind of talked about it like Lonzo Ball was like Zach was one of the big reasons why he wanted to come to play with Chicago Ball Chicago Bulls so that is that's definitely true as well especially if you like you say he feels like he's that guy they're building a team around him so that is definitely true yeah, that, that's the thing, too. You can't, in my opinion, you can't claim to be that guy and then ask to leave. LeBron like, You can't it. claim to feel... I'm not going to compare... I'm just saying, but guys do it. Guys do it. I'm just saying, but guys do it, Don't say guys. That's LeBron James. That, like, that's not... What do you, that's not... <laughs> I mean, what do you mean? That, it's LeBron James. We all know that's... A, like the same you know, case that we brought up with DeMar DeRozan in terms of his playoff success or lack thereof you know, during that time. It wasn't because he was playing bad. He just faced LeBron James. Like That's not a normal... The Raptors, all, the, the Raptors also built a, a legitimate contender around De, DeMar DeRozan. I can't say the same thing about Zach. This is the first year that I've seen Zach Levine have a, a really good team around him. And he's thriving in that situation. That's all I'm saying. That matters to players. I, people want to may not pretend like it doesn't matter, but that matters to players. Public perception, like the shit they used to say about Devin Booker, the shit they used to say about Zach Levine, like that matters to, to players because they have to live it at the end of the day. Right. All right, so, so Donnell, Donnell, let me ask you something, right? So obviously, Ahmad and I both kind of know how Zach Levine, as well as players like 
the Devin Bookers of the world, the Bradley Bills of the world. We know that they're talented. Trey Young. We know that they're talented. But how do you think this season and the fact that the Bulls are winning now can play, you know, in a positive role for Zach's, I guess, overall image in terms of where he ranks in shooting guards or where, you know, he should be in all-star games and things like that. How do you think that kind of helps him out? I mean, it started last year. He was an all-star last year. He became an Olympian uh, over the summer. So all of these things are building his resume and his credentials to where you have to look at him as a superstar in this league uh, or at least a budding emerging superstar in this league. You know, he's definitely a star. Um, and, and once he gets to the playoffs, he's going to have to, like, we keep talking about what the team did to him or the franchise did or players that he doesn't have, like, at some point, we got to look at the player, too. Yeah. Zach yeah. hasn't been to the playoffs. So I'm hesitating to even call him a superstar because how can you be a superstar when you haven't been to the postseason? Um, look, at that, look at that roster they had around him. Shit. You put a whole yeah. lot of players on there. Was it going to the playoffs with that roster? He's had, some, he's had some bad, bad teams throughout his entire time in Chicago. I mean, before this season, his best teammate was Thaddeus Young. Um which tells you a lot. <laughs> like, it tells you a lot. No disrespect to Thaddeus Young. Again, he was in the sixth man of the year conversation last year before he played so well, they had to put him in the first stream. But, but when Thaddeus Young is your best teammate and you got guys teaming, it, teaming up, Katie and, and Harden, LeBron and AD, like you got no chance of competing with that. So, so that, to, to a point, is not Zach Levine's fault entirely. But he also has to prove it. And that's my point. Like, you have to get to a place where when you get into the postseason, it's on you to show what you can do. And I don't think – I don't have any doubt that Levine can, but we need to see it before we start saying, you know, he's this, he's that, he's going to do this, he's going to do that. Like, go out there and show us that you deserve to be that – looked at it on that, on that stage, on that level, before we just give it to you. Yeah, exactly. It's somewhere similar to the Devin Booker and the Trey Young situation. It's like we waited so long. People were like, all right, you know, empty stats and things like that. But when the playoff came, they they showed up. And I hope the same thing can happen with Zach because you can't say in one breath, he's a talented guy, he's a superstar, but he has no team. But the minute you give him a team and he may not show up, well, then who is it that we're really looking it's, at? It's and even if you want to play with any, all right, all right, I agree it's gonna, too. It's gonna I, I completely agree. <laughs> I'm I seeing it right agree. now. We, what, yeah. so, what, look what you're doing right now. The top three team in the East. First, first year he yeah. had some help. Like it's amazing what, what a player can do when you give him some help, and it it, it is amazing what can happen. <laughs> like and look, I, I, I'm glad that it finally happened. And again, Zach to me is still young, but I'm glad that it happened when it did. And sometimes I feel like players may have to struggle with the, a franchise a little bit in order to really like appreciate the overall journey of it all. Like very few players in like league history have like really came out the draft and just won immediately. Very few. And so to know, obviously, you know, it's, it's Zach another, wasn't drafted with the Bulls, but it's still. It's, an, it's another team I didn't mention um, to you guys. It's like I have cap space. That's a proven championship organization. It's the Miami Heat, $25 million. He slide him right in there. All right, Amon. <laughs> See, yeah, he <laughs> just throwing out team now. You're just, exactly. He's just throwing out team now. I, 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 no, I like living in Chicago. I'm, a, I'm from St. Louis. So I, you sure? I'm from St. Louis. I like him in Chicago. But Are I just, you sure? No, I went through hell defending Zach for years because I just look at like his talent and I just, it was so, it's just frustrating because they do things like, they'll say things like, is Devin Booker even a good basketball player? I, had, I heard the same shit about Zach Levine, like from the media, from on social media. 
it's just annoying when you really watch the game and you know how talented these players are and you know that you just want them to thrive. You just want them to be in a, a great team situation, but that organization may not believe in a player the same way that you do. So that's that's the only thing with that. But I like Zach with Chicago Bulls. I hope they be successful. I told you before the season started, I thought the Chicago Bulls were going to be the Phoenix Suns of the East this year. But don't you? But don't you think that makes it worse if he leaves and goes to a team like the Miami Heat or or, or another team that could possibly I would make it worse. for a championship because he's already on a good team. I don't think like like realistically, what what does what does that do though? Like if someone and not saying Zach has, but if a, a player has been complaining about management or the team or the lack of you know roster moves, and then they give you one, and again, and you decide to leave, then what ultimately? You go to a more does, does competent. Say? You go to a more competent organization that you're going to probably have a longer chance of having more success. Not saying that the Bulls aren't you know incompetent, but like they had some years where they looked very incompetent. You know what though? <laughs> the Bulls also <clears throat> to defend them for a second, and this is the former regime. Mm-hmm. A lot of people yes. were criticizing that offer sheet that they matched. If you remember, I think it was four years, seventy-eight million. He's in the last mm-hmm. year of it now. Sacramento yeah. gave him that offer sheet, and a lot of people said, Zach Levine's not worth this. The Bulls stepped up and matched it and said, no, we're going to keep you. So that was them showing Zach Levine some love and some loyalty. Saying, yeah, it was. Yeah, we're going to keep you. We believe in you. And now mm-hmm. they're going to have to give him an even bigger bag, and this is a new regime, but uh, he's certainly deserving, man. Like He's proved his, his worth in this league uh, in terms of – scoring again i want to see it in the playoffs yep yeah fortunately for them he wants to be there so that's good i mean you know you got a guy that is capable of scoring at a high level that wants to be on your team and then you match him up with a guy like DeRozan. i mean yeah i've heard i heard Kyrie irving i heard Kyrie irving going into his his unrestricted free agency said i would i would love to stay in boston so you guys can say anything in a, in a Boston Isn't that Celtics? true? You know, you're right. You're right. Until, <laughs> Bradley, until Bradley, paper is signed, Bradley, you're Bradley, right. Bradley Beal's about to be an unrestricted free agent possibly. He has a, a player option. Like, he's like, oh, yeah. Like, I, I would love to stay with the Washington Wizards, but I want to play the season out too. Zach Levine's saying the same thing, but at the same time, like, he wants to play the season out too. So it's going to be interesting. Let me say one last thing about it. If you're Zach, and this is going back to, to what have you done for me lately. If you're Zach and you look at the front office and you say, in, in just their second off season, that's true. They went out and got me DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, and Alex Caruso. And Vucevic yeah, well, was, was the first season. Yeah, that was their yeah, first yeah. season. So, I mean, they've been, they've been making moves. And if you're Zach, why wouldn't you look at this front office and say, this ain't, this ain't the guys from before. That's true. I can, I can do something. I can go somewhere with these yeah. guys. They're, they're putting <laughs> people around me. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and when you can judge it like just based off the simple moves, right? Like when you see the moves being made, now it's like, all right, now I, I view this organization a little bit differently. Um, but speaking of Zach Levine, I'm, I feel like I have to ask this question, bring up this topic again. Yeah, you can smile. Um, there's been a, a, a statement right now. I don't know if you've heard on um, a previous episode of ours, but Ahmad had that was a, 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 that wasn't, a statement. That wasn't it. Okay. That episode was e- never either recorded way, either, way, either, either way, you know what I'm talking about. So do you mind um, repeating that statement, Ahmad? And if you don't, I will. So... Um, I just want go ahead, to make please. sure that, you know, while we had... No, no, say it. No, go ahead. You can repeat it. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Um, Ahmad <laughs> believes, because I don't like putting words in people's mouths. So uh, Ahmad <laughs> was under the belief that um, the most talented guard in Chicago Bulls Off- history Off- was Zach Levine. Okay, so say it. I just gave the opportunity to say it yourself. So either say it or not. 
I said a legitimate argument can be made that offensively that Zach Levine's the most talented guard in Chicago Bulls history. And that's how do you started, feel about that statement right now? And I start up a whole cam cam of worms. Did you get to see Michael Jordan play? I don't know how old you are. I don't know how old you are. Did you did you see Mike play? Yes, I see Mike play. Um, right. Not not like you though. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Uh, no, I, I just wanted him to to repeat that. So um, I'm I'm assuming you have different opinions or different thoughts on that. Yeah, it's not even a discussion. I mean, what I just say, Zach ain't even been to the playoffs. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no, that's I, know. A, no, I know. I know. No, I know. <laughs> I didn't need the persuasion. I, said, I didn't need but, to be convinced. But I, I want to make sure. It's not. I didn't say. I see. You can make a legitimate argument. I said from skill for skill perspective because if you look at athletically, Michael Jordan's super athletic. Zach Levine's super athletic. I don't think it's like athletic wise. Like Michael was a freak, but Zach Levine's a freak okay. as well. And then I and I okay. pointed to and I pointed to skill set wise as well. We talk about the pureness and the shooting ability. I don't think that Michael Jordan was as a pure shooter like Zach Levine. I know it's a different listen, day, listen, listen, that's listen, what I'm saying. But you can make an argument. You, can, you break things down to a team oh, skill for skill. Skill for skill said that people can feel like, yo, offensively, that Zach has different advantages and different a better skill set at different areas than Michael Jordan at times. That's all hey, I'm saying. Hey, you can word it however player. you want. <laughs> you can <laughs> word it however you want. You can try and chop it up and say certain things. No. Hey. No, and I love Zach. I, like I said, I'm rooting for him. I'm one of those people who feels like, all right, he's not getting, or he wasn't getting the enough respect that he truly deserved, even though he wasn't on the greatest of teams. But we are talking about Michael Jeffrey Jordan here. <laughs> like, I don't understand why you even think that a, a dialogue is needed. In no way, I didn't say a dialogue was needed. I said you can make a, I said you can, if you break things down to a T, breaking everything down from skill set standpoint, really looking at the game, like, of course, Michael Jordan's footwork, give the edge. Defense gives the edge. Shooting for distance, pureness as a like a pure jump shooter, pure score. That's it. That's all Levine has on Mike. Athleticism, athleticism. Uh, you know, this is like I don't know. It's just like it can some things. That's all I'm saying. Okay, uh, I guess we can agree to disagree. But one of the things too I want to uh, talk about um, was Derrick Rose. I feel like we're gonna have a Chicago Bulls kind of themed episode or whatnot. I feel like it's only right that we talk about, you know, the youngest MVP and all that. Uh, what do you think, you know, his, his MVP season kind of meant to the city? Like, what do you think that kind of meant? I, and honestly, too, the, the, the league, like the NBA as a whole. You know, that's it's a little tough for me to answer because I wasn't, I wasn't here when he won MVP. I was still in Oklahoma City, but um, just knowing what he meant as a local product, I mean, and, and it's, it's two different, like you got Bulls fans and then you got people from Chicago, like certain parts of Chicago, maybe the South side, the West side, like for those people, it meant something extremely different than season ticket holders. Yeah. You know, for, for a young man to be from here to say, why can't I go out and win MVP and then do it? Come on, man. Like when, when people are from Chicago, I'm not from Chicago, but people from Chicago, like that is typical Chicago mentality. The dude said he, why can't I do it? And then went out there and did it. So uh, Derrick Rose is a legend and he will always be a legend in Chicago uh, for, for what he did, uh, how he came up, what he did for the Bulls uh, and the career that he had, man. So 
He's a, Hall of, he's a Hall of Famer in my eyes, but I'll take it a step further. It, wasn't even, it even wasn't just Chicago. It was the Midwest region, period. Because I'm from St. Louis, and we didn't have a basketball team. But growing up, like, you go to my Facebook page right now, it says Ahmad Rose Smith. <laughs> and, that was because, and that was because of Derrick Rose. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how, as a kid, watching Derrick Rose play, watching him blossom with the Chicago Bulls, that's how important he was, not just to the city of Chicago, but to the entire Midwest region. To me, I think he's a future Hall of Famer. Um, he's extremely talented. I love what he's doing right now. Kind of like, re, kind of like, revitalize his career in, in a way. And it's just kind of like, he's, he's special, man. I, I got so much respect for Derrick Rose. Yeah, the fact that he's still yeah. playing after all he's been through. You, you can't help but to have respect for him. He, he shouldn't yeah. even be playing right now, given what he's been through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, one of the best teams, like, ever in league history in terms of the big three of Miami, he gave them fits, like, solo. And I know, obviously, you know, they had other pieces on that team, but when you think about from a straight-up scoring threat and scoring perspective, it was Derek that was, you know, really giving them hell. Keith and Bogan so just, was their starting two guard. Yeah, I, yeah. He, I remember that. I remember the two K days. It's crazy. He, like, should, it was, it was, he, he, reinvent, he reinvented his game, though. It's just crazy. Like he went from this super supremely athletic guard that can do everything, but then it's like now he's a crafty finisher. Like he's a playmaking slasher. Like he, he he's a and better he jump shooter. In the fourth quarter, he still is. He still you know, he's still fearless in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the fact that he the fact that last year I can point out. And me and Steve, we have this conversation all the time. The best, the best basketball player on that New York Knicks team in that postseason against the Atlanta Hawks was Derrick Rose. The fact that I can say that was just shows you how great of a talent Derrick Rose is. Yeah, and, and I hope honestly on on the loss of Keys, man, that he's able to at least retire with that franchise. I mean, obviously, you know, he's kind of made you know some stops with different teams, but I think what he did for that city and just the overall. Bulls organization, man. It was, it was something special to watch, especially at that age, too. Like, to do it that young, like, I don't know, realistically, the next time we'll kind of see something like that. Yeah. Um, like, even even with all the young guys that we talk about now, like, like <laughs> Derek was doing this with, like, peak Bron. Like, when, like, guys were still, like, in their prime and he still did this. So it's like, you know, that's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll see it sooner rather than later, but I, I, I highly doubt it. And so a guy like that is definitely, you know, worthy of giving his flowers. So, I just had to make sure I asked that. Um, yeah. Since you guys put you know, me on, before we before we get out of here, since you guys both put me on blast, I need to know both of you guys who are your top five most talented Bulls players of all time. Either one of you guys can go first. It's up to you. Ooh. Um, <laughs> top five most talented Bulls most, of all time? Most, most talented. I'm not saying best or better player. Like, most talented. Like, okay. of course, of course, Jordan's going to be number one. But... <laughs> I, you not you not allowed to say of course. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was saying I want to hear of course. Are you sure? Hey, I'm sure. On somebody, I'm gonna say yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm positive. Ain't no doubt about it. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Um. Yeah. You go first. I mean, you know, I think we all agree who number one, or two of us agree who number one is. Yeah. Know? I mean, I think I would. You know, I'm not an expert on the old school guys, Chet Walkers, the the, the Jerry Sloans, those types of. To, of, of former Bulls yeah. legends, um, but you know, a lot of my readers will put those types of players in the conversation. I'm gonna exclude them because I never saw Jerry Sloan play when he, you know, right, right. period. But when when he's with the Bulls, so um, I go Mike 
Scotty. Uh, I'd probably say Rodman. Um, Rose. And I'm probably going to miss somebody. He's on Ooh. the team now. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the team that, right he's on the team right now <laughs> i mean you know i mean jimmy butler i got i can't ooh. exclude because i'm a big believer in two-way players yeah okay and, and we can't we can't ignore and i hate this about basketball discussions yeah we 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 often like i saw a tweet from someone the other day talking about steph curry he came off a screen he, he was playing a two-man game with Draymond Green, and he did a back cut for a layup. And then somebody's like, how can you see this and think KD is better? Because KD plays defense. Like, straight up. Like, no yeah. disrespect to Steph Curry, but all of these conversations seem to conveniently forget an entire end of the floor. How is that possible? So, without getting on a tangent too much, I'm going to put Jimmy Butler in there because he did it on both ends. Okay, I'm not mad at it. That's a, um, that's, a, that's a that's a really good list. I can't. Yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm gonna go, Mike. I'm gonna go Michael Jordan at number one. I'm gonna go Derrick Rose at number two. Scottie Pippen at three. I'm gonna go Dennis at four. I can't deny a Hall of Famer. At number five, it definitely comes down to Zach and Jimmy for me too. I'm gonna go Zach at five. All right, and then Jimmy, obviously six. But you know what? Another name is too, and I'm not saying he's top five or whatever. Jockey but Noah. another name. Yeah, it was Joe Kim Noah. Noah. No, do you, <laughs> I thought you were about to say No, we were going to say D-Wade. No, we're not giving out. No, 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 Like, in all seriousness, in terms of like, because he finished like top five one year in MVP vote. And I'm not saying that's a good enough reason just for him to be in this list of guys. And obviously, we got guys on there who can score, you know, 20, 30 and all that outside of Dennis. But Joe Kim Noah, during his, like, peak and prime with the Bulls, I mean, he was a huge piece, yeah. right? He was a huge piece to a lot of those, those, those games. So I just want to at least show love and, and, and shout out to Joe Kim Noah. But I would go um, with, with those five. Um, but, yeah, man, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty good list. I'm glad we both got, you know. It's not bad. You know, we got some, some scores on there. Um, but, yeah, man, as we, as we wrap up, man, first things first, obviously thank you, you know, for being on the show, of course. Um, and, two, man, is there any final words you got for uh, – I know Pump Fake's audience, man. Anything you want to say? Nah, man, this was fun. I appreciate y'all having me. Uh, you know, I'm glad the Bulls are 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 getting better because this is my what fifth season covering them now, and the past four were brutal. Uh, right. And, and so, man, I feel your pain, man. Trust me. Yeah. I do. I, I'm <laughs> proud of Zach. Y'all, y'all, this how mad how Zach feels. That's a basketball city that's supposed to be one of the great basketball cities in in the country. It's just been garbage the last four or five seasons. So yeah. it's good to see the Bulls finally starting to make some noise, and, and I hope that they continue and keep it up. For sure, for sure, for sure. Well, good, man. Definitely thank you. Thank Darnell you. Mayberry, thank you once again. Chicago Bulls senior writer for The Athletic. Appreciate it. Just like that, y'all. We out. Peace.